What did the mask say to the face? I don't know what. Don't worry, I've got you covered. <laughs> it's manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I can't believe you laughed at I that. love that joke. That was so dumb. Like, is it even a joke? I made it up, and I don't know if it's good or not. I think it's good. I, I'm I'm always a sucker for those kind of things. You know, the, the costume that says... Go, woohoo! Go ceiling, cause you're a ceiling fan. You get it? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Ugh. We're talking about costumes. Yeah, we are. Costumes, as the kids call them. This year, uh, we're doing a, a family costume. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I have a shirt, a red shirt that you says, say family costume. We're not going anywhere, but. We will. We're gonna dress up okay. anyway. Okay. I don't care. I don't care if you're not going anywhere. If you want to dress up, dress up. Okay. I'm I don't gonna know why s- you're yelling at me. My my shirt says ketchup. Your shirt says mustard. Baby, uh, BB's shirt says peanut butter. Uh huh. And Dot's shirt says sweet relish. Yes. It's very cute. I love it. We're Mix it all together, and you're vomiting. <laughs> I think there's some kind of like. Like hot dog that might be good on with peanut butter. Uh, sure. Okay. Just a just a, just a song. Do you, now I'm going to ask this question. I know the answer. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite costume from when you were a kid? Yes, I do. I know what it is. What is it? It's Dorothy from yes, Wizard of Oz. Uh, in fact, your mother remade that costume for you several times, and you were Dorothy like every year for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starting, so I was, I started out as Dorothy. Well, not like started, but one of my very young costumes was Dorothy. And then, you know, I, I, I moved around a little bit for a couple years, but then starting in fifth grade, I just wanted to be Dorothy. I just wanted to always be Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom made me a second Dorothy costume for my, my, uh, middle school body and then uh she made me a third costume for my high school sized body i'm trying to think of like and i was able to wear that costume until i was i uh, i was able to drink so uh high school through age 21 now i'm trying to think of like really like slam dunk costumes from when i was a kid um there, uh, one that you might find pictures of. There's California raisins. Mm, yes, and we have that picture. Um, it it was simple yet effective. Mom took some garbage bags, cut some face holes in them, gave us some big sunglasses, bada bing, bada boom, and white gloves, right? And white gloves, California raisins. I think we also wore like pantyhose on our arms. I don't know. It was great. Inflatable, uh, inflatable, uh, you know. Yeah, it looked great. But inflatable instruments. That's what I'm trying to think. Ah, of. now. Here's the thing about costumes, folks. Uh, the one thing I kind of know about, like, costumes and, like, trick-or-treat and Halloween is people started wearing costumes to, like, scare away demons and evil spirits and stuff. Mm, 
sure. Which has always made me think, how dumb did people think demons and evil spirits were? That they were like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go get, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, man. Oh, I thought there was going to be people up here, but it's all monsters. <laughs> well, sort of. Okay. Not not quite. There are there are there are multiple kind of origin stories, much like the Marvel universe. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Now, here's the thing. I assume history of costumes is another like huge like could be this or oh, this. Oh, of course, of course. We're talking specifically of the tradition of costumes around Halloween. Yes, because the idea of like dressing up is right. as fancy uh, dress has almost always been as old as time. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I bet that there were like Neanderthals who were like putting on mud masks to like scare people and be like, <laughs> look at me, I'm gonna dance in this fur and pretend I'm an animal. I bet that was a thing. Sure. Right? It seems it's, it's logical. It seems logical, and I I think that that's like a um, horrible history skit. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the the origins of the the Halloween connection to costumes. Okay. Well, so this starts way before Christianity. Right? So like back in 1993. <laughs> Probably back to the Celts. Okay. Um. So back over like. 2000 years ago probably further than that yeah. because what it, where it's really starts being mentioned in literature as Salwin mm-hmm. uh meaning summer's Sawin? end so so when so we I know we mispronounced this before yes yes um meaning summer's end and I like that we also just threw out three different pronunciations and then didn't pick one as if to cover our bases it's one of the Salwin uh, so when Salwin, I Salwin. Okay, that's what we're going with. That's what we're going with today. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay, so it was a celebration throughout Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Cornwall, and the Isle of Man, uh-huh. uh, to mark the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the cold, dark winter. Sure, this makes sense. Um, that this was closely thought to, you know. To do with the death. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. I mean, if you're just, especially when you're talking about these times where you're looking at, like, okay, the year is ending, mm-hmm. right? And then you look at spring as, like, rebirth, right? Which is a big thing in with, like, Celtic, uh, you know, worship and stuff, right? Yeah. Where you have, like, Easter mm-hmm. is, like, there and Halloween is here and Christmas is... <laughs> okay, we're 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 not here to, to yeah. Let's not, we won't get that into that at the moment. But okay, so this is when the Celts believed that the veil between the living and the dead became blurred, sure. And so ghosts of those past were wandering around with the living. Now that that's a pretty common thing, right? Because that's also uh, kind of the basis for Dia de los Muertos, right? And a, a, like a lot of this is like the boundary betwixt the living and the dead is thinned. Yes. And we can walk with uh, the ghosts and the spectres. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Where did I just go? Where okay, was I? Okay. okay. Uh, unlike, unlike Dia de los Muertos, which is more about fam- familial spirits, mm-hmm. um, the Celts believed that not only were the the dead those who had passed. Yes. Uh, it was also when evil spirits and demons oh, might boy. cross this veil. Oh, boy. Uh. Um, and, and they didn't 
They didn't like that. They no. didn't like that part of the whole thing. No, no, no. Um, but you know, you take the good, you take the bad, and there you have Samhain. Yes. So they didn't they didn't want to encounter perhaps the the evil ghosts. So they would light bonfires to ward them off and uh-huh. they would also put on masks to confuse them. Uh, what? <laughs> Where did all the people go? Oh, man, I came all the way from the underworld to terrorize some Celtic farmers, and all I found were these masked creatures. Well, I'm going to go back down. I mean, it's more of like a protection, right? To kind of like blend in, right? So you need to make sure you tell your family before they die, like, hey, if you come back as a ghost, <laughs> I'm going to be dressed... Uh, up like like a bull. So just keep an eye out. If you see a bull, that's me. But don't don't tell anybody because I don't want the demons to find out. <laughs> sure. Okay. If that's if that's how you want to spend your last days, that's fine. Sure. Um. So again, in the great Christian rebrand of mm. everything, TM TM TM. Mm-hmm. Um. This evolved into it, kind of like blended with the costumes of All Hallows Eve that we know now as. Halloween right. and all that stuff. Because um, All Saints Day is the next the day? The next day, right. And we'll get to saint dressing up as saints in just a second. Oh, boy. Sounds like a whale of a good time. Uh, so known as Galishans or false faces, uh, this All Hallows' Eve tradition popped up around the 16th century where children would go house to house in various costumes or guises and recite verses or songs in exchange for coins, apples, nuts, and other treats. What what does this sound like? Why, it sounds like trick and or treat to me. It sure does. Um Isn't it weird that this was like that kids don't do this like once a month? Why, why, hey, children of the world, why are you allowing yourselves to be uh, corralled into only doing this once a year? (laughs) Once a month at least, you should demand the right to just go house to house and say, hey, you are an adult who can buy your own candy. I'm a child. I have neither the means nor the money. To go to the store and buy my own candy. So it has become some. your job to provide said candy for me. And please, no biddo honeys. <laughs> Listen, if a child rang my doorbell and said that exact thing to me, I would give them some. This is what I'm saying. Um, and even there's a record as late as 1895 where masqueraders disguised as the the skeletons, ghosts, and mummies would carry lanterns mm. made out of scooped turnips. Oh, uh, right, because we talked about the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And visit homes to be rewarded with cakes, fruits, and money. Okay. And I bet the money was the good one of that, right? Well, Not like yeah. now where if somebody tries to give me pennies when I'm trick-or-treating now in the year 2020 <laughs> as a 37-year-old man. If people give me pennies, I'm like, keep your pennies, Dave. I know that you have a job down at the accounting firm. Give me a dollar. Well, this is the thing, too, right? And people, even at this time, were drawn to the wealthier-looking homes so they could get a better stuff. Of course. Of course. Um, all right. So let's let's talk just a little bit about the trick part. And I think that we've, we've like gone through egging this. Well, or forking? So we've gone through this in a couple of different ways. Um, We've talked about trick-or-treat and one of the many origins of trick-or-treat perhaps being a um, a 
more of a distraction for maybe uh, mischievous children. So if we have a party, if we give them candy, right, yes. maybe they won't do things like egg my house. Yes. Um, maybe we'll buy them off. That's one. That's yeah. one. We've talked about that before. So the exchange is, if you don't give me a treat, then I will be tricky and egg your house. Right. So or instead, it, give it, me a bit of honey. <laughs> what is I, it with bit of honey? It's just not a very good candy. It's right up there. I'd say bit of honey and whatever those little ones are that are like wrapped in like black and orange like wax paper, uh, but they're like kind of indeterminate flavors. Kind of like gooey peanuts. Yeah, but it's like nobody ever bought them. It's just been the same <laughs> candies circulating since now the th- beginning of time. That's an old joke and it has to do with fruitcake. Yes, but I but I repurposed it uh, much like you might repurpose these candies to putty a wall or, uh, I don't know, to stop a leak in a pipe. Mm. So there's that's the one sort of trick or treat, mm-hmm. but maybe also trick for a treat where we've also talked about this, where like you, the kids would knock on the door and have to sing a song right. to get candy or mm-hmm. tell a joke or a riddle or whatever. Or solve a math right? problem. Um, and so then... Let's let's move it to All Hallows Eve, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. Okay. Um. So this was kind of like the 19th century, like party time. Uh huh. Right. Um. And it's it was so popular in some places. Um. And now this wasn't the 19th century, but going back to Shakespeare. Yeah, I've heard of that fool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know him. He wrote uh, Two Gentlemen of Verona. No, that wasn't it. Which one did he write? He wrote, oh, what's the one? Uh, you know, the one where it's like, oh, oh, I don't like you. Oh, I don't like you either. Oh, wait, now I like you. Let's Ta- get married. Taming of the Shrew? No, not that one. What's the one? And it's like the father, and he's got some issues with his kid. You know the one. King Lear? No, that's not it. You know the one. <laughs> all right. We could do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the qu- Christian minister, uh, Prince Sori Conta, wrote th- that the wearing of costumes uh, comes from believing that the souls of the departed wander the earth until All Saints Day and All Hallows Eve. And they were given one last chance for the dead to gain vengeance on their enemies before <gasps> moving to the next world. Huh. Now listen. So in order to be avoid being recognized by any soul that might seek vengeance, people put on masks or costumes to disguise their identities. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, a much different take mm-hmm. than than huh? Okay, it's a little less. Oh, what a fun thing! We're gonna scare away the ghosts and goblins with our masks, and more like I still owe Dave twenty dollars. I don't want him to come back and yell at me. Uh, better put on a, a mask. Oh boy! <laughs> so they don't don't recognize me. Oh boyzy! Okay. okay, so like a lot of traditions. The U.S. owes the uh, tradition of Halloween and specifically partying down on Halloween uh, to the Irish in the 1840s. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I mean, I, I assume like there's lots of other uh, contributing factors. Of as, course, as we said, we mentioned Day de los Muertos and a lot of different things. But you're saying directly connected to this storyline, exactly. Okay. Um, when 
the Irish immigrants came over because of the potato famine. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought with them a lot of the Halloween traditions we do today. Jack-o'-lanterns, ghost stories, you know, like we talked about, this mm-hmm. this bonfire thing. Watching Coraline. Trick or treat. Watching Hocus Pocus. Trick or treating or costumes. Charlie Brown. Which isn't going to be on TV this year. Okay. Well, we we bought it on yeah. Prime for our for. We don't watch normal TV anyway. <laughs> Why you said that like it was a big revelation? It was a big news story. It was all over the Facebook. I know, but like it affects us none at all. <laughs> Just trying to be relevant. Okay. Anyway, we're better than that. <laughs> we don't have to stay relevant. We're parents now. Um. So here's the thing, right? There's lots of super scary pictures on the internet of, yeah, dude. of people dressed up in very convincingly scary costumes. And let's be clear here. Not a scary like, is that a real werewolf? But more like, why is that what you chose to look like? <laughs> Like, exactly. if you ever look at old mascots, Ooh. oh, boy, <laughs> oh, it's haunting. Yes. Oh, it's haunting, my friend, these things that they were like, kids are going to love this. Indeed. Um, and Halloween, this sort of festive atmosphere used to be for everybody. Mm. And then good old Queen Victoria Prince Albert came along and mm-hmm. they said, adults can't have this kind of fun. Ugh. It's improper. Those fuddy-duddies. So it mostly turned into children's stuff. Here's the problem. Here's my problem with Halloween, if I may. There is a, a a divide in in the celebrations, right? And mm-hmm. so you have kids that go trick-or-treating. Right. And then you have, on the other side of it, like what I will call sexy parties. Okay. Right? And now I know there are in between. I know that there is like, well, I had a party and it wasn't like a sexy party. It was just like a party where me and my friends dressed up. Absolutely. I'm saying quintessential, mm-hmm. if you're looking at dominating uh, party going. Yeah, like on movies and in TV. Right. It's either. on No, on TV and in movies. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, it made sense to me. It's either kids, trick-or-treating, right. or- Sexy party. Right. Where's the in-between for me, who's very tired by 9.30 p.m., but also too tall to go trick-or-treating? Hmm. You know? Now, I would argue nobody's too tall to go trick-or-treating. Well, yeah, we talked about this you last time. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. Right. I don't know where that, I- where that is. Right. You have to find it within your heart. I feel like, I feel like we've done a pretty good job. Around the the winter holiday time of like, there's something for everybody. You know what I mean? Do you want to have a sexy Christmas party? Sure. <laughs> Go for it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to fast forward all the way up to the 1930s. Oh, I absolutely want to do that. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? All right. This week, we want to write a thank you note to Function of Beauty. Listen, I am, uh, mm, everything I was about to say was sounded very narcissistic. What I was about to say is in love with myself. And this is true. Uh, I take a lot of pride in my appearance. Go ahead and love yourself. I love myself very much. I take a lot of pride in my appearance. And so I am always on a search for like the right product for me, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to maximize my beauty potential, if you will. And especially as someone who uh, I now have purple hair, right? But I also am very prone 
to having like a dry, itchy scalp, right? Yeah. And and so those two things together can be very frustrating sometimes. That's why I really love Function of Beauty because there is no one size fits all when it comes to like your regimen, your routine. Right. So it's fully customizable. Exactly. So I, for example, I can say like, well, I have, uh, you know, I have dye in my hair mm-hmm. and an itchy scalp. So I need something that will work for both of those. And so then I like went through, I told Function of Beauty what I wanted and it even let me pick the color like it's it's not like it's there's no dye in the shampoo it's more like okay well now your shampoo is purple and your conditioner is pink because it's cute and i like it <laughs> and it smells great you get it to does pick smell good. all of that stuff there are over 54 trillion possible ingredient combinations to make a formula that's just right for you and it's not just like shampoo and conditioners they have treatments too i got a leave-in uh conditioner you oil thing you love that leave-in i love it i love it so take a quick but thorough quiz and tell them a little bit about your hair and their personalized formula is delivered right to your door in a customized bottle. Mine says Function of Travis. It makes me very happy. Of course it does. Plus, their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredient. So, what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash schmanners to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash schmanners for 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show. One more time, functionofbeauty.com slash schmanners. Schmanners is also sponsored in part this week by Billy. Um, Billy has recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. No pink tax. What is pink tax? Uh, it's where the manufacturers and middlemen charge more for what they perceive as ladies' Uh, products than what they perceive as men's products. I, I knew that. I just wanted to make it clear. I want to make that clear now that I knew that. Okay. Okay. So why don't you go to mybilly.com and get their starter kit? It's only $9, which includes their razor, their refill blades, and a magnetic holder to keep your razor safe and dry in between uses. What? $9 for all that? Mm-hmm. That is a great deal. I have really enjoyed their shaving uh is it lotion, shaving cream, whatever it is that you shave with, you put you it know, on. It's very the shave based. The save shave based. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> it is so luxurious. It's very creamy, smells great. I love it and it makes the razor glide effortlessly. And do they just do razors, Teresa? No, they do. Lip balm, dry shampoo, face wipes, all kinds of things. Wow. So you can get started by going to mybilly.com slash manners to get the best razor you will ever own. Uh, the best part is that the starter kit is just $9 plus free shipping always. So go to mybilly.com slash schmanners. That's spelled my B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash schmanners. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. 
That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now you mentioned something about 1930. We've just won the first Great War. (laughs) Yes, the Second World War looms in the future, but we don't know that yet. I think... The stock market is doing okay. Provision? Oh, no. I'm I'm out of my depth. Abandon. Abandon (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So So what what I'm talking about in the 30s is uh, this is where we start to see mass-produced costumes that you can actually, like, buy at the store. Sure. Um, Now, these were still pretty spooky, but I I have to think that a homemade costume really shows your dedication. (laughs) Sure. Sure. And skill. And skill. And spookiness. But luckily for you, if you don't have those things or don't have time or inclination, mass-produced, available at your store, not year-round usually. Well... Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Why do those Halloween stores close on November 1st? Hmm, I wonder. Weird. Okay. Uh, And this also helped spread the idea of trick-or-treating because now if you had the the means to to buy it, you could buy yourself a costume and go trick-or-treating. And probably made it a lot more uh, uh, kind of available to other people, right? Mm -hmm. Because not everybody Mm -hmm. had sewing machines, not everybody had the skill, not everybody had the time. All of those things. All that stuff. Um, And then in the 40s and 50s, there was some wavering in there due to sugar rationing and things like that. Oh, sure, sure, Um, sure. But this is really considered one of the golden ages of of trick-or-treat because now not only, you know, your usual skeletons, mummies, vampires, werewolves, things like that, you also start to see a lot more um, available for purchase things like aliens and superheroes and, you know, comic book characters and all this kind of stuff. Your sci-fi and your fantasy. Yeah. Not just spooky. Not just spooky. So here's the thing. Um, Although I also will say that that move probably ruined it for some people who are like, I'm a skeleton. And you're like, I don't get it. What do you mean? Like, what kind of skeleton? No, I'm just I'm just a skeleton. Like, okay, come on, man. Put some work into it. I did put work into it. Yeah, but, like, what's the concept? Like, what's the what? What are you? Like, I'm a skeleton. Hey, don't be... Don't be a bummer, guys. That's what I'm saying. Um, This is kind of a bummer. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, The United States in particular has a history of some questionable costume choices. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, Um, goodness, yes. Sort of like maybe Native Americans, Mm -hmm. Middle Eastern people, Mexican people. It's it's honestly... Run down the list. Yeah. It's che- and you can just go ahead and preemptively put a check mark next to any box. If you're like, I wonder if there was an offense at Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And here okay. Here's I would like to take a second and okay. and recognize that uh we are two uh white, straight, cisgendered people. Yes. But as I understand it, here is maybe some insight on this. There's different levels here and different ways in which a costume can be inappropriate. 
Yes. Um, one, it can just be straight up offensive, right? There, you know, if you are uh, making a costume that's like the victim of some kind of attack, that is offensive, right? right? Then it can be appropriative, right? Where mm-hmm. you are uh, dressing in a outfit that would be a traditional um, kind of maybe uniform or outfit or dress for some kind of cultural celebration. Right. Maybe like, quote, the Mexican band, right. quote. right. And then there is also just the idea of other cultures are not costumes, mm-hmm. right? There are clothes that people wear every day or wear for these traditional uh, celebrations or whatever, what have you. And you saying, and now I'm going to wear it like it's a fun costume, mm-hmm. is just incredibly uh, derogatory and uh, offensive. And the fact of the matter is, uh, there's so many fun options out there that everyone can enjoy without making fun of people um, that, yeah. that it is, at this point, I would say not only offensive, but just lazy to mm-hmm. be offensive, be more creative and, and less offensive. Right. Um, so when picking costumes, um, because we equate so many of these Halloween costumes as like, you know, monsters, you know, like vampires and werewolves and things like that. Think about if I'm wearing this next to a vampire, am I saying that this is on par par with a monster? Mm, That's a good way. That's Mm. a good way to think about it, right? Yeah. Is the joke that I'm making fun of something? Right. And and uh, let's put it a different way. Is the joke that I'm making fun of someone who really exists in the world? Mm, yeah. And, and if so, perhaps. Uh, no, I'm going to say definitely skip it. <laughs> I mean, and I want to say that um, that's not saying that you can't dress, put on a sweater and a white wig and be not be Albert Einstein. Right. Right. That's not to say that. Um, it's to say that. This could hurt someone. So probably think of something else. Uh, And I'm also just going to say across the board, if it requires you to uh, put on makeup to change your skin tone, Mm. that's out. That is out 100 percent. Oh, except if it's green. (laughs) Unless it's green. Okay. If okay, a skin tone that really exists. Yes, that's out. not like skeleton or like uh, 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 you get. Hey, use your best judgment. You know what I mean. We're all either adults or children who know better. <laughs> use your best judgment. Use your best schmanners. Some more do's. Uh, if you don't celebrate Halloween, don't don't feel like you need to wear a costume to go to a party. Well, so I want to. Uh, address a question okay. that we were asked that I am pulling up right now as we speak. I'm opening the questions right now. This is it. I'm, I'm listening Opening. To you. I know, but I'm still open. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, at Chansport. I don't like dressing up for Halloween. I believe my friends and family are good people who would exclude me from uh, of who, who wouldn't. wouldn't exclude me from events based on my clothes any other day. Yet on Halloween, it's considered acceptable to say wear a costume or you can't come to the party. Why is this okay? Here is why: when you dress up, when you are putting on a costume, you are doing something outside of your comfort zone. Right? This is not how you dress normally. You are kind of putting yourself out there and saying, like, I put effort into this and I chose to dress up like this, right? And anytime you make an effort like that, it makes you feel a little bit more vulnerable. So I think that there is a kind of 
subconscious or in, in some cases conscious fear that if I put myself out there and this person doesn't and we are at the same thing, I will feel silly next to them. Oh, so that's why they say wear a costume where you can't come. Right. Okay. I, don't think I wasn't beca- sure where you were going with this. Right. I okay. don't think it's because it. they don't want you there. I think it is because they, they are looking for a level of universal kind of buy-in to the idea so everyone can feel more comfortable doing it. Whereas if it's like some people are dressing up and some people aren't, there may be people who want to dress up but will feel embarrassed you know, we'll worry, like, what if I'm the only one who's dressed up? Or what if I feel silly because I'm dressed up and they're not? Right. And so I think that that is why I don't think it's because they want to exclude you. Um, And it, it might be worth talking to them and saying, like, I don't really feel comfortable with this. But, like, there might be some level of something you can do, like put on a pair of bunny ears or whatever. And that's your Or costume. a T-shirt that says ketchup. Right. <laughs> so that way you are dressed up, but in a manner you are comfortable with. And so that way everyone is on board. And also, if you really don't want to wear a costume, if you talk to your friends and family and find out why it is that they need you to wear the costume other than it's a Halloween party, you know, get to maybe get to the heart of the matter if it if it really matters to you to go. Conversation. Uh, This is this is from uh, I'm going to try. It's got an umlaut in there. So I'm going to say Funhilde. Sure. Right. How to ask someone to make your costume would also be great info to share and discuss. So I have now had a, cost- a couple costumes made for me uh, mm-hmm. specifically for like adventures on live shows. But right. I, I have worked in theater as well. One, be ready and and offer to pay them. Right. This person is doing yes. a lot of work. Uh, you're also going to pay for the materials. Uh, even if they're like, oh, you don't have to pay me to do it. I'm happy. Whatever. You're going to pay for the materials. Unless maybe you're 10 and it's your mom. Well, okay, Teresa. Yes. Obvs. Um, You should be ready to like give them measurements, give them guidance. Like, Listen, in no world, there's not a world that exists where you should call someone and say, hey, make me some kind of costume. <laughs> okay, bye. And leave them with no other details <laughs> or means. Uh, if that was me and I was at someone, I would say, no. Yeah, I'd be like, who is this? You didn't even say your name or hello or anything. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hit me with another question. Also, give them a time. Like, give them enough time. Don't call them the day before the party and be like, hey, I need you to make me a super intricate costume. Mm -hmm. These are all great, very considerate things to do. And and as far as the – here's how I would phrase it. I would uh, ask them like this. If if I uh, commissioned you to make me this costume, what do you think the budget for that would look like, right? So that way you're not saying, and I'd be willing to pay you. You are baking into the ask mm-hmm. that you will be paying them. Um, this is from at Ty is really gay. How do I ask to borrow someone else's costume or if we can match without sounding needy or demanding? I think that if you lead with, I have a great idea. Let's be salt and pepper for Halloween, right? Can I tweak that slightly? Oh, sure. Would you be interested in being Ah, salt and pepper with me? Okay, great. Because that way you're not putting them on the spot. And I'm talking about the condiments. I'm on a real condiment kick. Yeah. I can tell because you didn't say pepper. Oh, okay. You said pepper. The seasonings. Yes. And so that way you're giving them the opportunity or it's like, did you, uh, you could even, I mean, if you're super worried about it, you could say, do you have plans 
wear your costume. I had an idea and I'm looking for someone to do it with me. Would you be interested? Sure. Right? But I think we talk about this a lot. The idea of worrying about sounding needy or demanding because you asked if they wanted to do a Halloween costume with you. I think it's okay. Now, as far as asking. Right. I love to say things like, I was really impressed with your costume last last year. Would it be available to borrow it this year? Yes. And then, you know, there's all the shmanners around, like, taking good care of it, returning it in time and fashion. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. it gets damaged, replacing it, all of those things. And that way, you're not, like, assuming that uh, the costume is still intact, right? Yeah. Because you're asking if it's available. If it was, a, like, a homemade costume, maybe they had to take it apart to, you know— wear that sweater or maybe they were planning to wear it again you know it's true like Teresa wore her costume every year forever yes um this is from at moon soother sexy fill in the blank costumes are a staple of the halloween uh, season but how sexy is too sexy you gotta do it's about where you're going and how comfortable you are right um but like if you want to be sexy at an adult Halloween party, go get down with your sexy yep. self. This is 2020. Here's what I will say. If you're going to do it, you got to think about that you will be in motion mm-hmm. at a party for X amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. So don't just like put it on, stand in front of a mirror and be like, this works. Walk around in it. Are you comfortable? Are you constantly like tugging at, you know, hymns and seams and stuff to try to make yourself feel comfortable. Because you don't want something that, like, as soon as you get somewhere, you're like, well, now I'm, like, self-conscious walking around. Right. Right? Think about moving in it. And is it outside? Is it going to be cold? Is it inside? You know, that kind of thing. So Um, it's more about logistics than it is about body parts. Right. If if you want to wear it and it's not, like, I don't know, R-rated at a PG party. Yeah. Right? Then it's fine. It's fine. And listen, there may be other people who judge you because people judge sometimes and they are bad. Don't judge people. Okay. If you are, let's see. Uh, This is from Lev. If you're throwing a party, assuming a non-plague state, yes, is it rude to have outlines for guest costumes, especially in the interest of discouraging appropriative costumes? I don't think so at all. I think, I think... On the invite, if you want to put like, uh, you know, uh, insensitive, offensive or appropriative costumes will not be allowed, will not be tolerated. I I would encourage you to put it in the positive. Right. Something like be cool and show us your wit in your costume or um, I now OK, here's where I will disagree with you. Okay. I understand what you're saying. And we often try to be positive and stuff in the show. But that assumes a level of introspection and awareness that not everybody has. I think that in something like this, where sometimes things can slip past people's first layer filter, saying right out the gate, offensive, appropriate, and, and, you know, insensitive costumes will not be tolerated. That's just my, that's if, if, I think that that is an okay thing to say, or let's, let's split the difference. Uh, uh, costumes, that everyone can enjoy, right? Or what about what about um like you said earlier, culture is not a costume. Culture is not a costume and trauma is not a costume. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think there is a line to ride. You can definitely mention it, but craft your craft your response uh, you know, nicely. And I, I think um it, it, 
now in in the year 2020, this isn't so much of an issue. But if I ever host a costume party again, uh, I have a couple like cloaks that I have from like uh, from leading a cult <laughs> called the, the Cincinnati Underground Society, uh, but also like Adventure Zone and stuff. And I would have that available that if somebody came in and I was like, hey, uh, we also got a question and this is uh, from uh, Ray. What do you do if one of your friends shows up in a racist or culturally appropriative costume? What's a good way to bring their attention to the problem? I think good schmanners when dealing with a friend, someone mm-hmm. that you know, is to assume ignorance rather yes. than intention. Agreed. And so I think having as the host a cloak or something where you're like, hey, I'm going to assume that you didn't realize that this was offensive and I don't want you to have to leave the party. And so now you're going to have a cloak for a costume so you can continue to enjoy it without upsetting anyone. Right? Sure. I think I think that's all right. Or, I mean, you could even offer any other costume that you might have. Right, like Summer Frankenstein. Or maybe, uh, oh, I can't think of any of the other costumes Teddy had in his closet. Okay. Darn it. This is from at Eat Candles. How do you handle a situation in which you and another person are wearing the exact same costume? Twinsies. Yeah, you take those pictures. Yeah, you, get you do. pictures of that. That's great. I, I wish that the whole party would show up in all the same costumes. Oh, like a whole Bob's Burgers family. Everybody is Linda. There was one year where without any discussion, <laughs> Griffin and Rachel, Teresa and I, and our friend Bradbury and Liz were all Bob and Linda. Yes. Like on the same night in three different states it's with amazing. no discussion whatsoever. So great. Um, let's see. This is uh, from at Clown Punk Costume Contest Etiquette. Um, I will say, here is my suggestion. Just no to, sabotage. No Be sab- gracious. Yes, of course. Um, everybody's costumes deserve uh, uh, applause. An accolade. Accolade. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Right? Because this I is- I saw it on your face. Thank you. This is a thing that I have seen people like judge cosplayers at conventions before, right? Where it's clear that somebody had like the time and materials and ability to do this like epic, like Transformers, you know, mm-hmm. or, and other people are just doing it for fun, right? Both of those people are putting themselves out there. Both of those people deserve accolade, Right. Uh, and, you know, have fun. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's see. What do we need to talk about, Teresa? Let's hmm. see. Let's see. Uh, do you want me to do my stuff first? or you Yes, want... okay. you go first. I'll go first. We always like to thank Brent Bentoflas Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's where we got these lovely questions from our fans. It's at SchmannersCast. Um, and then also thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans. Um, also, you can submit your topics to us. We're always taking those idioms. We've almost got another full show ahead of those. Um, and oh, oh, we also have the idea us. to, do, to uh, do like idioms from other countries? Yeah, send us those. Yeah, let us know. Um, you can email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. 
Um, we've got some really cool merch over at MacroyMerch.com. We've got a new Sawbones horseshoe crab shirt. There's a Tiger on the Table pin of the month designed by Sam Schultz, which benefits the Marsha B. Johnson Institute and the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. There's a Candle Nights ornament by Lynn Doyle, Candle Nights wrapping paper by Justin Gray, a really cute jump scare pin, a Thanks for Vibing and Keeping It Tight shirt, which benefits the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights. Uh, all of that at MacroyMerch.com. Uh, Teresa and I are doing like a mini series podcast about the new season of Great British Bake Off called Bake On. Uh, so look for that in your podcatcher or on the McElroy Family YouTube channel. We have a lovely fruit tart to eat this Oh, week. yeah. We got fruit tart for pastry week. Very exciting stuff. Uh, you can also go to the com. That's the com to pre order our new how to podcast guide called Everybody Has a Podcast Except You. It's available for pre order now. It comes out in January. You can also pre order the Adventure Zone Crystal Kingdom book four of our graphic novel series at the Adventure Zone comic.com that's gonna do it for us join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners get up MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.